0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message.
1: Today, we're going to talk about losing faith. Not because I want you to, but because I want to make sure you don't. Okay, so that's, that's our new sermon series is Losing faith. And today we're going to deal with some big questions, okay? Let's deal with the big questions. And listen, if you're struggling in any place in your faith, don't just listen to this message, okay? Listen to all of them and then listen to what God is saying to you and dig into it, okay? I guarantee, you know, let me say, let me, let me say this a little different way. I guarantee you that a lot of us, the reason we struggle in our faith, I want to say all of us, but let me let me let me not say everybody across the board but most of us the reason we struggle in our faith is because we don't know as much as we need to know about jesus we don't read his word in depth we get a little bit and then we want to start questioning that without reading all the rest of this to figure out all the rest and so please don't 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 anticipate that this one sermon, if you're really struggling in your faith, don't anticipate that this one sermon is going to solve all your problems. I hope it just gets you started on a journey where you can dig in and find answers to any struggles that you've got in faith, okay? So let's have a word of prayer, and then let's deal with the the big questions today, okay? Father, I thank you, and I thank you for helping answer some of those big questions. And Lord, then also giving us faith to help us hang on until we figure out more and more and more of it. God, and, and then when stuff just doesn't make sense, you, God, you send other things, Lord, other little slices of bread, God, until we get that whole loaf. You send people to share something with us to, to shore up our faith. You send a word, God, or, or you show us something in your scripture just to help us, encourage us and make us strong enough until we get to that place where we can't see it and, and, God, it becomes more uh, uh, understandable to us, Lord. And I ask you, God, to just help us in that, in this pursuit, in this, in this little sermon series, God, uh, that it not be about these 30 minutes for uh, three or four Sundays, but God, to be about what, how you start opening up yourself to us and opening our, our heart to, to see you, God, and to know you better and deeper. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay. So I know <clears throat> some of you sitting here and say, I don't struggle with my faith at all. I don't guess I need to hear this sermon. Yes, you still need to hear this sermon series, okay? Okay, so I believe everybody needs to hear it because you may be, whether you're struggling and you need to hear this for yourself, or you need to hear this because you need to realize that there are people that are struggling. And you know, when I was a kid, it was enough just for the pastor to just get up on a Sunday morning and just say, you better. <laughs> it was enough, you know? It's not enough to do that anymore. You can't go out there in the community and point your finger and say, because the Bible says so. Nobody cares. They don't don't have that acceptance of the Word of God like people did maybe when, you know, two or three generations ago. So for those of you who say, I'm not struggling with my faith, listen, listen. Because what I also want to help you do is I want to help you be able to explain your faith. And that's scriptural. Did you know that was scriptural? Here it is right here. 1 Peter chapter 3. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always, always be ready to explain it. But, now some of us need to hear this, right? Getting back to that common sense thing, right? But do this in a gentle and respectful way. You bet, not you better, not you better, not because I said so. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. When you read a couple of verses of Scripture, you know what you get a lot of times? You get a mouthful right here. I mean, there's a sermon right there. It's not today's sermon, but it's right there, and it would be a good one for all of us to go home and just digest over and over and over this afternoon, okay? But here's, I said the scriptural, it is scriptural for you to be able to explain, all right? Now, that doesn't mean explain it. Listen, explaining something doesn't mean saying it in a way that you understand. That hasn't explained anything. You are not explaining something until you tell someone in a way that they understand. And let me tell you something. I, I've been in ministry. I've, I've actually, you know, I've been, I've been pastoring for close to 30 years. I've been in ministry for a while. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, it's getting harder and harder for me to explain In quick simple terms to people today it seems like every generation or every few years it just gets harder and And I I think over the past year with uh, with just everything that has happened with COVID and all the other stuff going on I think it's I think it's just ramped up even more it's just made it harder and harder to understand. so you know what I've you know what I've learned this a long time ago in ministry but you know what I've had to do I've had to work at it more and more and more well it says be ready to explain it. Be ready to explain it. That means you need to work on it. If you're a Christian and you are not struggling with your faith whatsoever, you still need to work at it to understand how can I explain this to someone who does not know Jesus Christ? And so let's dig into that. Okay, so, so here, here's, here's things. Here's things. I believe Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start up here, and we're going to dig down, okay? So we're going to start off with the big questions, then we're going to kind of dig down some. So here's the big questions. Here's something I believe. I believe if you settle these three big questions, statements, beliefs, whatever, if you settle these in your heart, in your mind, and whatever, then I believe all the other little things just kind of get settled. Okay, so here, here are the three big ones, okay, that I believe, I believe right here. First one. If God is omniscient, if he knows everything, then he always knows how to do what's best. Okay, that's kind of like a duh, right? If he knows everything, then he knows always how to do what's best. Here's the second one. If God is all loving, he always wants to do what's best, right? Uh, these are three duh statements, really. I mean, it's like, well, duh, you know, right? If he, if he is all-loving, then he always wants to do what's best. And the third one is another duh statement, right? If God is omnipotent, if he's all-powerful, he is always able to do what's best. So if you can answer that, is God omniscient? Is God all-loving? Is God omnipotent? If you can get to a place where you have those three things settled in your heart and mind, then... All the other little stuff—they kind of answer themselves. Although those those other little questions about why does God do this or how does it or this—it kind of answers itself. Maybe you might not always understand it. You might not always be able to comprehend exactly why God did something. But if you if you can settle those three questions: Is God omniscient? Is God all loving? And is God omnipotent? And then if He is, all the other things kind of kind of settle themselves just settle those three things okay so how do you do that let let, let me say this to you uh kurt in our our early prayer before service he uh he brought up doubting thomas i mean you know why we call him doubting thomas because he was the one of the disciples that said, I will not believe Jesus is resurrected from the dead until I've touched his, the wounds that he had, run my fingers into, into his side, and, and know that it, this is the actual Jesus. And if you're one of those that you've got to have DNA and fingerprints and all that kind of stuff, so some of y'all like CSI and whatever, right? You've got to have all that before you believe anything, right? You know, because we, we believe every crime is going to have fingerprints and DNA. And sometimes that's the way we are with God is we got to have fingerprints and DNA and empirical evidence, and we've got to touch him, and, and we've got to see him with our eyes. If you're going to be, I, I just tell you, you're probably going to be disappointed. You're definitely going to be disappointed in this service unless God shows up and does something that I'm not even expecting right this morning. You know, is it's not going to be that way, okay? But don't fall out with me here. We're going somewhere, okay? So maybe you aren't ready to answer these yet. Maybe you haven't been able to say, I believe God is these three things. But if you can get there. Then you can have faith about anything and everything going on in your life. So this is kind of the goal. That's why, that's why today I want to talk about these three, three big things. But okay, but see, so let's let's dig in a little bit here. Here's, here's part of the problem. Then we then we still we wanna we wanna uh, struggle with our faith, or or we wanna challenge God, or we wanna blame God because of this or this or this of this, you know, those kinds of things. And the reason we wanna say, you know, like like there's evil in the world, and God's not addressing the evil, so one of those things isn't right, you know, because if God, you know, if God was all three of those things, and then there wouldn't be any evil in the world, would there? Okay, but here's part of the problem, is we're, we're assuming God this or that, it's like this, is when I say that, then I am relying on my own knowledge of this is the way things look in this world. This is the way things are in this world. And if I was God, this is what I would do. But that's really what we're saying. When we challenge God and say, God, you ought to do this, we're saying, hey, God, this is the way I would do it. You know, but you know what? I'm not omniscient. <laughs> I'm not all loving. Not only do I not know what's best all the time, I don't do what's best all the time. I have to apologize to people sometimes because I didn't do right, you know? And I am not omnipotent and I can't. So, so when, when I start challenging God and say, you didn't do it the way it ought to be done, then I'm, I'm, I'm basically saying, you know, I'm basically valuing all of that. I'm judging all that based on my limited experience, my limited knowledge, my limited abilities, my limited love. And we can't do that. Think about, it. Think about it this way. Bring me that next slide, if you will, Kevin. If I don't believe something simply because I don't understand it, I am saying there can be nothing in the universe greater than what I can comprehend. Think about that. If I don't believe something simply because I can't comprehend it, then I'm saying if I can't comprehend it, it doesn't exist. And I know that's not true. There are things in this universe I don't understand. There are things in this room I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, there are people in this room I don't understand. You know, David and I, we just built a house a year and a half ago. We, we finished it, you know, moved into it. And, and you know what? If, if I had only put things in that house that I understand, David and I would be sitting in the dark every night because i do not understand electricity i understand positive and negative but i still don't understand how that works exactly i understand you got to do it but i don't know why i understand you know as, as I, I ran a lot of the wire i didn't hook them up but i ran them okay and everything and, and and you know they just had to keep telling me where to run the wire i didn't know what we were doing i didn't know why this and why that and, you know and and then one time they told me that i did something wrong and i said I, not me <laughs> you know i didn't do anything wrong i did what you told me to do listen Oh boy, that's a that's a that's a liberating thing. Also, it's when you follow God and you say, "I don't understand this," but God tells you what to do and you do it. And you know, then God can't say you messed up because God is a, that's a liberating thing to to be able to throw it. So 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 when I don't believe something simply because I don't understand it, I'm saying there could be nothing in the universe greater than I can understand. And I don't know if that's not true. Same thing. That that that, that kind of touches my mind there. You know that that if it's something that my mind can't comprehend. Then that doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. Same thing with, uh, you know, our five senses. So that's our mind. What about our body, our, our our physical being? We have five senses, right? And you know, we are so surrounded by our five senses, you know. And 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 a lot of us, if we can't, if if we can't touch it, see it, you know, if we can't smell it or taste or something, then we don't want to believe it. But You know, just like I know there are things in this universe that I don't understand, I know there are things in this universe I cannot experience with my physical body. That when I die, there is something else. When this body dies, there is something else. Even people that don't believe in Jesus Christ, even people that don't believe in the Bible, most of the people in this world believe when this physical existence is over, there is still something else on the other side of that. So there's something inside of me, not my mind, not my philosophy, but that tells me there is something beyond my mind. You know what it is? I, I, I believe it's, it's that seed of faith. That this inherent knowledge that we have, that there is something beyond what I can, I can understand, there is something beyond what I can sense with my physical body, is the seed of faith that God has placed inside every one of us. And God gave us, think about this. Next slide too, Kevin. God gave us that seed of faith to help us believe beyond the limitations of our mind and our body. That that's why we have faith is so we're we're not just able to believe with what we can grasp with our mind or what we can touch with our hands, but that we can believe that there is something greater in this universe, that there is power that goes beyond what I can understand and beyond what I can hold, beyond what I can grasp, beyond what I can can maintain and beyond what I can can wield and, and, and handle that there is something so much more so that when i get into a problem situation or my family has a problem situation and i don't have the answers here or i don't have the ability here that there is still an answer through faith in jesus christ that there is healing that there is delivering power that there is financial miracle working power whatever the things are and that's why god gives us this seed of faith and 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 you may not have been able to answer those three big questions just yet. You may not have been able to answer those. But inside, you know you've got that seed that's making you say, there's got to be something beyond. I know there's something beyond what I can understand. And I know there's got to be something beyond what I can sense. And it's that seed of faith that is pulling you to understand that. And if you're looking like like Doubting Thomas to have empirical evidence, you're going to be disappointed because he wanted to just rely on what he could touch. But there is so, so, so much more that is there beyond, beyond that. So then let's go back to that. My uh, next slide uh, is, is like, yeah, why does God allow evil? I want to make sure I wasn't skipping something here. So why does God allow evil? So let's dig into that for just a second, okay? I can't answer it all. I've actually answered this question, <laughs> I'd, I'd guess, at least four times in sermons. 29 11 why does God allow evil you know okay let, let's let's start with this right here sure God does not zap every evil with a lightning strike boom immediately when it happens like I would do right if I was God come on y'all be y'all be how many people would you have zapped this week if God had made you God for a week how many people would be laying dead <laughs> right how many, pe- how many more funerals we have had this week, okay? True, God does not zap everybody just, boom, Oh, you did wrong. But, you know, I, that's one I zap right now. You know, th- God doesn't do that. Okay, so l- let's, let's think about that for just a minute. Who do we think, you know, if God were to make us vice God for a day, you know, he's going to ask our opinion and say, and you know, so, so we're going to give him our opinion, then who would we zap? Let's take, let's take drugs for a minute. People who... People who give drugs or sell drugs, whatever. People who in some way deliver drugs to our young people. Would you zap them? (laughs) Yeah, we'd zap them, wouldn't we? What about what about the people who who rent their building to people that they know are making drugs that are being delivered to kids? Would you zap them? Y'all be careful now. Don't go into because you know, I'm, I, you know I'm going somewhere, don't you? <laughs> don't get yourself tripped up here in just a minute. Or what about people who don't rip, but for some reason they also just get a little, they, they know it's drug money, but they take it anyway. Would you zap them? Or what about parents or other family members who enable drug dealers to continue in some way? They enable them. Would you zap them also? Because, see, now it's coming home, right? Because now, wait wait a minute, we got some of those in my family. Wait a minute, now you're talking about my street, my neighborhood, my community, my friends. Let's, Let's take another example, human trafficking. Would you zap the people who are kidnapping people and putting them into the sex trade? I'll go ahead and answer with you on that one. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you know, if God made me vice God, He's asking my opinion. Zap them, God, right now to turn all, and turn all these people loose, okay? I, would you zap those? Yeah, I would zap those who are actually doing that. Then what about those who are otherwise? Maybe they're not kidnapping the people, but they're otherwise profiting from human trafficking. Would you zap them as well? You know, I, I think I'm leaning toward, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably zap them also. But let's go one more step. What about those? who are creating the market for human trafficking by viewing pornography. Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> see, now, you see how, you know, when we start saying, God, you ought to, you say, wait a minute, I, 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 I got somebody in my family that's addicted to pornography. I've got somebody in my family that's had a hard time, and so are we saying we're going to zap all those? See, see, see it's, it's not quite so easy. As a matter of fact, can I tell you this? Grace is messy. <laughs> it is, you know, see, because when God gives grace, it messes everybody else up. He might, when he gives me grace, it messes you up because I, I hurt you or I offended you or I did something wrong to you. And so instead of God giving you justice, he gave me grace. Grace is messy. But if I want grace this way, i got to expect grace that way and see you know I, I heard somebody said before church they said they said we were talking about you, pastor this week and attitudes and i thought what <laughs> talking about me and attitudes and they said yeah you know and, and how uh, how you know just with attitudes and all this you can't win for losing you know, because, uh, you know, when you just say, well, let's, let's do this with masks, or let's do this with hand sanitizer, or let's do this with this, you know, and, and you know, can't win for losing. You know what, and, and I w- almost said it right then. It's like right here in this part of the sermon, I'm thinking, you know, that's the way God is too. God can't win for losing. You know, there's some of you, you've been, you've been of a generation that challenged God because of the Old Testament, because God was too hard on people. And then some of you are of a generation that says God should be dealing with the evil in this world, and he's too soft. He can't win for losing, no matter what he does. But you know what? You know what I've got to? Here's where I've got to with this, is I believe God is omniscient. He knows things I don't know. I believe he's all loving, and he's always going to do the best for everybody, not just for me. And he's omnipotent he's able to do whatever it is he sets his heart to do that's how I deal with those things that are struggles is because I answer those those questions give me my next slide Kevin let's move on with this Proverbs chapter 6 you know what Proverbs 6 verse 16 through 19 is about it says there are six things that God hates Yea, seven are an abomination you know what they are I'm gonna be blown away by some of this probably go ahead and bring that next little bit up now this this is not this is kind of just listing them okay and it's not listed in the same order that they're in the scripture okay because going somewhere it's almost like i want to draw you in and say and then i want you to see something okay god hates when we act evil got no problem with that right right god hates when we plot evil (laughs) god hates the murder of the innocent well that's another duh right god hates the murder of the innocent god hates when people give false reports testimony or they 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 say something to benefit themselves or someone else by saying something that's not exactly right okay god hates when we deem ourselves better than someone else okay god hates when we deem ourselves better god in this list here god's got murder and then he's got deeming ourselves better than someone else now <laughs> murder and deeming ourselves you know, to me and you, that demon herself better than someone else down here, right? Murders up here. God's got it listed in the six things that he hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. He's got it listed right there. One, two, three, four, five. Wait a minute. That's only five. There's two more, right? So, so wait a minute. What, 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 what will we expect God to do with that? I mean, like, if, we're gonna, if we want God to deal with evil, here's the things he considers evil. You know, so do we want God zapping all these all these people? Well, there's two more things, aren't there? So before you say yes, let's look and see what they are. God hates lies. So how do you want God to deal with these things? Next time you tell a fib, how do you want God to deal with that? Because he hates lies. In the same list as murder. You see, here's part of our problem is we, we, we look at this in just a... We look at this in, 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 in a way that we're not God, but we elevate ourselves. To like we understand. This is how it ought to happen. Murder should be judged like this. Lies, pfft, that's down here, <laughs> with deeming ourselves more important than someone else. But God puts them in the same list, and that's not the only one. That's, that's still only six. I told you there's seven, right? That says there's seven. You know what the last one is? God hates people who stir up conflict. Oh, yeah. Whew wow if you're a person that's always got drama mm, how do we want God to deal with that think about that he's got people who, who build drama into their lives who stir up conflict in their families and in their homes he's got them in the same list as murders and so now when we say God, you're not handling things the way. How, how, how do you want God to handle these seven things that are an abomination to him? Wow. I guess we'd all be gone. Boy, church be kind of empty today. If God had handled this the way some of us say God ought to handle evil, the church would be empty. It may be a good thing. Maybe, maybe if we were right with God, we'd, we'd gone to heaven. We'd all be in heaven today. We wouldn't be here if he was zapping everybody. But he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't zap them in that way. So what does he do? Wait a minute, he hates all this, but what does he do? What does he do? Did God do anything? Does God care? I mean, he says he hates this, but what does he do? What's he done with all this stuff? Anybody ever study Greek mythology? Y'all ever heard of Zeus? Imagine, if you will, a little over 2,000 years ago, God says, I've got to do something about the evil in this world. And so he creates exactly what the Greeks had devised in their minds, this God called Zeus. And he sends Zeus to be born in Bethlehem in a stable, laid in a manger. He grows up. And so now, instead of Christians, we're Zeusians, right? (laughs) Do y'all know who Zeus is? Do y'all know what Zeus was like? That if we, were, if we were following Zeus instead of following Christians, you know what we'd be preaching today? Man, everybody for themselves. Every, everybody for themselves. And, and talk about stirring up conflict and war and bitterness and hatred and all those things. But you know what? That's not what God the Father did. He sent us Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is nothing like Zeus. Who is Jesus what is Jesus? Somebody explain Jesus to me. You see, I think, again, as I said at the beginning of this message, I think part of our problem when we start struggling with our faith is we have a partial understanding of who Jesus really is and his word. And we need to go deeper and we need to find out what, can I tell you, it'd be hard if I tell you who Jesus is this morning? Would would y'all like to hear who Jesus is? I think maybe we need a refresher here for a moment. Because we make up in our mind that he's this, because you know, this is really for a later sermon, but sometimes we make up in our mind who Jesus is based on the way we act when we call ourselves Christian, and then we get out there and we act like anything but. Maybe we're not horrible. Maybe we just do that little thing,
0: waving
1: 20% of our hand at somebody when they cut us off in traffic. Or maybe yell at the waitress, you know, when she gets, you know, we, we asked for sweet tea and we got unsweet. or, or something. And, and, you know, and, but maybe we're just not. And so people think, that's what Jesus is? We need a refresher on what Jesus is. Can I remind you? Here, here's what Jesus is, okay? Jesus teaches love, selfless sacrifice, humility, kindness, grace, and mercy. If you don't believe me, go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and read it again, because that's what he stands for. That's what he teaches. And he exemplified it. Talk about selfless sacrifice. He came and he died on the cross for us. Even though he knew we were going to reject him, even though he knew we were going to disappoint him, we were going to to fail him over and over and over. And he died for us. next, Next point there, Kevin. Evil doesn't begin with Jesus. Every time, go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Every time you see evil, it didn't start with Jesus. Jesus doesn't start evil. It doesn't begin with Jesus. Evil doesn't begin with Jesus, even though he was surrounded by it. But Jesus is the enemy of evil. Read it. This is what, and, and, and yeah, the world is getting this, this, this skewed idea of who Jesus is and what he is, but Jesus is the very enemy of all that is evil, okay? Wrap it up right here, okay? He speaks against evil. He teaches against evil. He commands us to shun evil. He stood against evil. He lived without evil. He died to deliver us from evil, and up on repentance, he forgives all the evil in our lives and in this whole world. That's who he is, And you can say that right there. You can say that about no one else in this world. No other religion, no other religious icon, no other God. You can say that about no one except Jesus. And this is the Jesus that this world needs to hear about. And when they're saying, "Oh, but he's, he, he's hard on this and, and he's weak on this, and, and he ought to be doing this, and he shouldn't be doing that," they said, "No, no, th- this is who Jesus is." And so may, maybe maybe the struggle then is not with Jesus, but maybe it's with us. And God challenge us. Challenge us to accept and to step in and to be this, Jesus to the world around us see because he's not an evil god as a matter of fact let me, let me read you this last scripture we're, i'm closing this is it i'm just going to read this we're going to close okay last scripture right here this is from uh, uh peter second peter chapter three verse nine the lord isn't really being slow about his promises some people think no he is being patient for your sake can anybody say thank god <sighs> he is being patient for your sake he does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. Repent means to change. It means change your mind, change your heart, change your direction. It means turn around and go the other way. He wants everybody. And, and so what does he do? He gives us time. And that's why he, 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 he doesn't zap those that we had on our list to zap. Because he's given them time just like he gave me time and gave you time. And I don't understand that because some of them I just think he needs to zap. Right? But thank God. And some of you need to say, thank God, pastor's not God. Because he might have gotten me one time in the last week or year or whatever, right? Thank God none of you are God, but he is. And he's not slow, he's patient. Because he wants all of us to change.
0: Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.